Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Italian American Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping Italian Americans learn about their heritage. We talk to experts, authors, and everyday Italian Americans on all things Italian from traditions, culture, food, genealogy, travel, and more. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and we have a pretty touching episode for you today. I'm going to speak with Cassandra Santoro, who I will introduce to you momentarily, but just to give you kind of a a quick overview of our conversation. Cassandra faced a major tragedy in her life, and in the face of it, she upped and moved to Italy at 19 years old by herself and has ever since been successful. It's really an amazing story, and the more I think about it since I actually did the interview, the more amazing that I realize it is. I mean, the risk that this young girl at the time took in the state of mind that she was in absolutely blew me away. I was lucky to spend the summer in Italy with my family, but went in a really positive frame of mind at 38 years old, as opposed to the situation that Cassandra was in. It's really, really, really moving and inspirational. So I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with you. I also had the opportunity in the Italian American story segment at the end of this episode to chat with Linda Mule a young, energetic Italian-America who is currently the queen of the Nassau County Order of the Sons of Italy Lodge, the Cellino Lodge. And we talked about the importance of engaging young Italian-Americans and inspiring them to learn about their heritage. That's really what this show is about in trying to pass down this idea of learning about your Italian-American heritage as our immigrant ancestors and relatives are getting older. We need to keep the messages and the stories Alive. So before I fully introduce Cassandra Santoro, I'd like to offer a brief word from our sponsor, the National Italian American Foundation. I'm John Viola, president of the National Italian American Foundation, proud supporters of the Italian American podcast. At NEF, we see ourselves as the leaders of the Italian American community, and we work hard to protect our great heritage, to promote the Italian language, to build stronger ties between Italy and the United States and to serve as your voice in our nation's capital. Most importantly, with over a million dollars a year in scholarships and grants, our work provides young Italian-Americans help in earning a solid education and becoming future leaders for our community. To find out more about how your support serves the community, visit us online at www.niaf.org and become a part of the NIAF family. Now I'd like to introduce... Our guest for today's interview segment, Cassandra Santoro, is the CEO and founder of Travel Italian Style. As a personal trip planner and luxury small group tour operator, Cassandra is an expert in slow travel and authentic and inspiring experiences throughout Italy. 
She also leads motivational talks and can most recently be found at TEDx DHB Mannheim. Cassandra is currently working on her first series of writings about her love of Italy and lives between New York City and Italy. You can follow her adventures on Instagram at Travel Italian Style. And here's a quote that will kind of carry us into the interview with Cassandra. It really kind of summarizes, I think, the whole kind of crux of the interview. And the quote is from Bertrand Russell, and it goes as follows. Italy and the spring and first love all together should suffice to make the gloomiest person happy. Now I'm excited to welcome today's guest to the podcast, Cassandra Santoro. Cassandra, welcome to the Italian American Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Anthony. So Cassandra's from Travel Italian Style, and we'll get into her business a little bit later, but we want to start like we start with all of our guests. Cassandra, why don't you talk a little bit about growing up Italian American and talk about your childhood? I think that's always a great place for us to start on this podcast. I had a very wonderful childhood. I was very blessed to grow up with my grandparents from Sicily. My grandma is from Canicati and my grandpa from the center of Palermo. So, of course, we had our Sunday dinners, six, seven hours around the table with our pasta and espresso and, you know, Sicilian dialect. Uh, My family also had a pizzeria called Papa Santoro's here on Long Island. My grandma was always in the back making the arancini, and my grandpa in a suit would sit there and watch all the customers come in and make sure, you know, my uncle and my dad and my grandma were all working up to par, (laughs) (laughs) which is, you know, I still have the image in my head. Even like three, four years old, me and my brother would be wiping the tables down, preparing the pizzeria. But yeah, it it was just a really wonderful experience. And it was interesting because like many Italians that came over, they wanted us to all speak English right? because, you know, they were very proud of getting on that boat and coming over here and wanted to start a life. But I was lucky enough to, as I said, be around it and learn a little bit about the Sicilian dialect and the Sicilian culture as a child. So I have wonderful memories of that. That's great. So that was your father's parents, correct? Yes, correct. So that was my father's side. So... Looking back now, I mean, I know at the time, I'm sure the fact that they had the pizza place, it was just life at that time. But looking back on it now, that must have been an interesting thing to be a part of as a young child thrown into that. It sounds like what a lot of Italian Americans did. They worked together. They built the family, built the business, you know, survived. Do you see that as a big part of how you've been able to have success today as a professional? Yes, 100%. As I've mentioned, and as you just mentioned as well, that, you know, my grandpa was very proud of coming over here and a very hard worker. You know, I I grew up with that. And even though my mother's side, my mother grew up with my father's parents, basically, because they were dating since they were 16 and married at 17. So between her and my father as well, picking up those traditions, my mother is, you know, she is an executive for Teamsters Union here in Manhattan. So between her and my father and my grandpa and the pizza place, I've gotten passed down those values that I couldn't pick up from schooling or even any other job. It's it's that family core that always stays with me. And it was actually after 
the passing of some of my family that I started to appreciate more and more and more of this culture and their work ethic and once they were here in America and every, and all the values that they taught me. So let's dig into that a little bit. So you were kind of chugging along here and you had the dreams that a lot of Americans have is that you're going to work hard, you're going to get a job, get a house, live the American life, the so-called American dream. But that kind of changed for you in 2002. Why don't you talk about what happened? Sure. So like many Italian fathers, uh, my father was very adamant about me staying here in America and in New York especially because he wanted the best for me. So I never really saw myself traveling. My goal was to be an event planner. I always just dreamed of working in, you know, the high rises in the city. My uncle works for the Yankees. So, you know, I knew I'd have some great opportunities, you know, being connected to him. And then my father at 38 got diagnosed with colon cancer. And this was just a few years after my grandpa had passed. So my grandpa was the first one we lost. So that was very tough on our family. And then just a few years after, my father was diagnosed with cancer, and he ultimately passed at 42. So just a few years later. Yeah, so super young and never had the opportunity to do things because he had me and my brother very young as well. So he was just starting his life, right? Because we were 19. I was 19 years old. Right. So I literally, and I don't know if it was a sign or what it was, but I literally woke up one day and I went to the store and I started buying books on traveling Italy. And I was just about to take a job. I had done an internship with the Yankees and it was amazing. And the people that were so great. And I had to decide what my next step was. I started looking at these books and I talked to my mom and I said, you know, I never got to study abroad, but I wonder if I can do one more internship, you know, just before I start my full-time job, but in Italy. So we looked and I found this company called Global Experiences and they helped specifically at that time. Now they're worldwide, but specifically at that time, they were focusing just on helping people find internships in Italy. And once I bought this book, I went back to my computer and this pop-up came up for Global Experiences and you can't make it up. Literally a pop-up. Yeah. So I don't know if it was a sign from my grandpa, my dad, you know, if you get deep into it, but From that point on, I got on a plane and everything changed for me. All right. So, Cassandra, this sounds interesting to me because basically you were 19. You lost your father, who was 42. You had an amazing job that you could have potentially continued. And it seems like the last thing that somebody would do would be to get up and leave and go to another country. But it was something that you decide to do. What was really driving that decision? What was it that you remember? It was something that was in my mind and in my heart, really, that I just couldn't stop thinking about. And it was like this love for this country that I never knew. And I just was so curious to find out really what it was all about. I mean, we hear this all the time about Italy, that people go there and then they never want to come back. And, you know, reading these stories and all these books I started buying, I said, you know what, I got to get to the bottom of this and see if this is true and see, you know, really where my family, where where did this all come from? What was all these traditions that they tried to teach me as a kid? I felt like this was my chance to find out and discover really for my father and for me, something that he never got to experience himself. Hmm, that's great. And, and I kind of know the feeling I did the same thing. I didn't have death in the family per se, but I did feel that my grandparents were kind of getting close 
And I knew that the only time I was going to be able to try to get the information from them and then make the trip to Italy was sooner rather than later. And so that kind of prompted me to go, which is something that ended up ultimately being extremely rewarding. And I'm glad that I did it. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, it's it's that ex- connection to the family that just that you can't get anywhere else unless you just step on that ground and feel the energy almost. It's a really amazing experience. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I remember many conversations in Italy where probably I, I only understood about 20 to 30% of what they were saying, but I still felt like I, I kind of knew exactly what they meant, basically. Yeah. All right. So Cassandra, you are young now. You lost your father, so you're probably still grieving. And the next thing you know, you find yourself on a plane to Italy, probably not understanding fully what lies ahead. What was going through your mind on that plane or on that trip there? What am I doing? (laughs) Just like that. But at the same time, it didn't feel like that. It felt very, like I remember landing in Florence and these two, you know, really fun and loud Italians picking me up. And I had just been practicing a little bit of the language, but really, as you said, didn't really fully understand what they were saying, but I knew exactly what was going on. And I immediately felt at home. I mean, the guy was calling his daughter while he was driving and saying, my daughter's name is Cassandra, too, and I want you to talk to her. And I'm like, who are these people? I don't, you know, they just make me feel part of their family as soon as I step off the ground. And I just knew from that point, it's so hard to explain why I just felt at home as soon as I got on that plane. I never really had a worry. I never felt nervous. So that's how I knew it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And I know exactly what you're speaking about, again, just from my trip to Italy. I mean, I think it's something that all Italian Americans and many of our listeners would appreciate. I'm sure many of them have visited maybe the villages that their ancestors immigrated to the U.S. from. Even if they're not living relatives there, I think there's still a sense of this is kind of where I came from. If you get the opportunity to visit these places in Italy, that you just kind of feel at home. And I've written some posts on the site. One of them that I wrote recently was I went to Sarno, which is where my great-grandparents were born. I remember that my grandmother always made this pasta pie that her was her mom's recipe. And sure enough, when I was in Sarno there, I found the exact pie. I had a slice of it, and it was just it just brought back a whole bunch of memories. It, it must have been the same exact recipe. So there's things that you can kind of discover when you make these trips that just pretty much feel like you're at home. And even though you're you know miles and miles away, you may not understand all the language. You might not even know too many people there. But again, it's just kind of that connection that I think it's hard to describe. So Cassandra, you get there now and talk a little bit about just kind of getting used to it in Italy. Yeah, so I was still young, you know, 19, and I haven't been exposed so much. I guess at this point, I was just about 21 by the time the whole experience was put together. But I was still young. I didn't know much about wine. I just started drinking coffee, except for the little bit of espresso that my grandma would give me with the ice cream (laughs) growing (laughs) up, you know, like we all know. But it was, I was thrown right into that, especially because what was so cool about this internship experience is that they put you in a position where you were working with, you know, real Italians and uh, really just thrown into their culture, like their lunch hour, how they take their coffee breaks and I was lucky enough that this was a travel company. So then I got to travel all through Tuscany, tasting different foods and uh, experiencing different small towns. So it was a little bit of getting used to at first. And I was like, I don't drink wine. And, 
you know, I like Dunkin' Donuts coffee or whatever it was. And I don't know, it was just, it just took about a month to realize that I appreciated, you know, every little thing that the culture had to offer. And it was, you know, again, it just brought me back to my childhood. Like, wait a second, this is where I started. This is where I always should have been, just appreciating my meals, not rushing through. I mean, as you know, in corporate America, and it's a wonderful experience, and I love the energy of New York. That's why I spend half my time here. Right. But I was at 19, graduated from college, sitting at a desk eating a sandwich every day and never having lunch out or having enough time to have a, like an aperitivo or a drink after work because I was so busy. But here I was being forced <laughs> to you know, start my day standing up and having a chat and a coffee, taking an hour lunch break. Right enjoying a drink after work because it's just socially the way they live their life. And it was so amazing to just be a part of that and be taught and such an eye-opening experience for me. I feel so fortunate. Yeah, it really is. And I remember being there as well too and how things kind of slow down in the middle of the day, whether things close down or whether people just spend time in the coffee shops, you know, talking to one another. It's really a different mentality in some ways it's amazing. Of course, in some ways for me, it was frustrating because I'm used to going at 150 miles an hour every day, every minute. And, you know, so it definitely takes getting used to. And I think by the end of my trip, I was there for about 40 days. And I, by the end of the trip, I started getting used to it a little bit, which was great. But I think part of the reason that, you know, we really wanted to talk to Cassandra on the show is because going to Italy can be daunting, whether it's doing something drastic like she did where it was a big lifestyle change, but even just taking a trip there for a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, a month, it can be a little bit scary. You know, in some of the posts I've been writing about visiting my ancestral villages, there's lots of questions from people like, how would I get from place to place? How would I communicate with people? And, you know, they're all valid questions, but I think at the end of the day, the bottom line is, is that the reward of being able to take the trip there, take the trip to your ancestral village is very, very rewarding. And what you can find out from it, who you can meet from it, what you can discover from it, the things you can find from it are absolutely amazing. And I think every Italian-American should make that trip. And there's really two different trips. I mean, there's one trip where you can go to Italy and you can go to these major cities like Rome and you could do a lot of the sightseeing. You can see a lot of the great things, which I definitely recommend. It's amazing to do. But then there's the other trip where you do go back to the small village that your family was from, whether they're still there or not, or a relative still there or not. And that's a whole nother trip because that's kind of seeing where you actually came from, how people lived. Because believe me, a lot of these villages still operate the same way as when your ancestors left there. It's very real. It's a very, it's their life. It's not like you're saying, well, my great grandfather came 100 years ago. It was a totally different place. Not necessarily from what I saw. Cassandra, have you been able to visit any of the villages from where your ancestors immigrated from? Yes, 100% agree with you. You know, I've, I spent almost a week in Palermo when I first got to Italy because I just needed to see everything about my grandpa. And that was great because, and that was easy, right? Because that was a city center. And I was able to put a couple things together, speaking with my cousins. But it was going to Kanikati that like just totally hit home. And that's exactly, I could 100% relate to what you just said, because I thought it was going to be a little bit more modernized, and it was not. And I was like, where do I go? What do I do? And I started to like try to explore on my own. I was calling my grandma to call her sister, but her sister didn't have a phone or like, you know, she didn't have a cell phone and she was out shopping in the market. So 
I left, and what happened was I actually missed meeting my my grandmother's sister, and she passed away shortly after that because I didn't know how to structure it. And I was like, no way. People are going to come over to Italy, and they're going to say, yeah, I'm going to get on a bus to Canicati, and it's going to be great, and I'm going to find my relatives, (laughs) and it's not like that. And you know, I mean, you did the experience and all the research, and I was like, I got to help people. This is like, I regret it every day. I can't believe I was in the town with my Zia, and I couldn't meet her. It was the one living relative I had left in that town, and she's gone. And I was like, I don't want anybody else to miss out on that experience, and there's got to be an easier way to structure it. Right. So that's what kind of gave me the idea. So that's what gave you the idea for your business. So before you get into that, how so how long were you in Italy before you kind of decided to get your business going or what, or the idea for your business? Was it a couple of years? or? So basically after that internship, I left after the three months because I didn't have my passport at this point. And then I started my process. I wanted to get my Italian passport. So I started my process in about 2008 or so. For that, And then I made the plan and came back to Florence for almost three years, a couple years after that. And then I've been going back and forth for 10 years, but I started working full time in the internship in tourism. I took that as a full time job when I went back for three years and they actually gave me the job. Well, now I was an actual tour leader or what they call in Italy a capo gruppo. So I was able to bring people around. And that's got the wheel spinning a little bit. Then I went back and studied wine because I really wanted to, you know, do it the right way. So it took about 10 years before I could really put this together. So Cassandra, as you went back and forth over the years to Italy, I'm sure you thought about your father a lot. What were you thinking about maybe him watching you or seeing this whole experience? I just know that although he wanted me to stay in New York and didn't want me to travel because he was worried as any father would be, I know that he would be so proud because of what I did was, see, when my father was dying, he, because he had, he had just a wonderful spirit. He was the type of guy, and I recently just talked about this. I did a TEDx in Germany, and I, I based it on him because I just don't know anybody else like him. He didn't have a lot. He led the simple life, but he was just such a great, happy, inspiring person. He was so afraid that when he passed, at such a young age that people would forget him. And it's really sad. He said, you know, I I didn't get to meet all my relatives. I didn't get to do all the things I wanted to do. People aren't going to know I exist. You know, they're going to just forget. And me taking this trip, telling people about him, using him in my business, like telling my relatives I would meet in Italy about him that never got to meet him. I just know that he would be, that he would just be so happy and proud and just so honored to be part of the experience. I I just know, I know he would be happy that if I was traveling, as long as I was doing that, he would be supporting me a hundred percent. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, it's really a message for the listeners for today's episode, which is the ability to research your family, your Italian family is so rewarding. And number one, it gives you this opportunity to find out all this information that Unfortunately, Cassandra's father like didn't get to do all that, but also for her. And when you lose someone, it allows you to kind of let them live on through your ability to do this. And like Cassandra said, she talks about her father through her business, through different things that she does by telling the family about him. 
And I think that that's such a great thing about this connection between Italy and the U.S. for Italian-Americans. It's just, it's a really powerful thing. So Cassandra, before we kind of let you go, maybe you could talk a little bit about your business and kind of how you took this passion, all of this back and forth that you did, all this learning that was inspired by your father and then turns it into this business. I know you said before that you didn't want anybody to not have that ability to connect with living relatives in Italy potentially. So how did you actually get this business started? When I was working as a tour leader and then doing all this research, I started connect with family that was in tourism. And then I would spend so much time hanging out with tour guides and drivers. And that's ultimately how I learned Italian too, in the end, when I look back actually. And I said, you know what? I have all these connections. The tourist group that I worked with, they're wonderful, but they were just student-based for American students studying abroad. And I knew I, that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to connect Italian-Americans over. So I said, you know what? I wonder if I could just take all these people that I met, that these really local people from these small towns, and start introducing people to them. So slowly, I started doing it for free. As I said, I was in the wine industry. So people were saying, hey, I'm going to Tuscany on a wine tour. Do you think you could just give me the name of those tour guides you met in, you know, in Napoli? And I'd say, oh, yeah, sure. And I started doing it for free for about a year where I was just like calling my friends that I'd meet in Capri and in Sicily and, and sending people over. And then I got laid off from my job and it just pushed me over. And I said, you know what? This is it. Like, I got a severance from my job. I said, if I can put this business together in two months and make this happen, it's a sign I'm going for it. And I was able to do it. And I just, I got on a plane to Italy and now I live between both places, New York and Italy. The past few years, it's been Florence. This year, it'll be the Amalfi Coast. And I just started finding the best vendors that were also family run that could help bring people and show them the authentic experience. So I focus um, now on slow travel, Italian heritage, uh, people who have been through a life change and want to just take some time to experience Italy. Like sometimes I get these women solo travelers. So basically just to give them a little taste of La Dolce Vita, but without the stress. They always have a family. You know, my, that's a great thing about working with small family-run businesses. Not only are they archaeologists and guides and food and wine experts because they grew up and they were born and raised and worked there, but they're also so passionate about showing people you know, like especially a place like Naples, sometimes it can get a bad rep and same as Palermo. And, you know, they always say, no, Cassie, it's the best city in the world. We have to bring the people, <laughs> you know, like my guides, Enzo and Mario, they are just so excited to bring people and show them why their culture is the way it is, why they love to take the breaks, what they believe in, why they have such a nice, simple, happy, fulfilling life. So that's where my business started. So now I do this custom travel planning. Right now, my main focus, as we keep talking about, is families who maybe want to see a little bit of, of Italy, but also want to explore their Italian heritage. And that's where we work with genealogists. So our genealogists will connect with my local tour guides and we'll create this experience so that people will be able to walk into the churches and the bakeries and the, walk the streets where their grandpa was and hear stories and maybe meet relatives. And then I also help the people who as you said, want to see some of these main sites, but do it stress-free, like in Rome or Florence and, you know, how to do that in the best possible way and getting the most out of the trip. Yeah, that's wonderful. And we'll certainly link to Cassandra's website, Travel Italian Style. It's a beautiful website. She's got some great articles and some information that she posts, which is wonderful. 
but really, like, the point of, of talking to Cassandra is, I mean, this is a situation that she went through where basically she was facing probably one of the toughest situations you could face. A young person, 19 years old, you know, losing her father. She basically took a risk. I mean, I would say it was a big risk with the job that she had here in going to Italy. And it's kind of shaped the rest of her life to this point and also has really helped her to be able to, I think, celebrate, you know, her father in, in, in many ways and hopefully help other people get to do the same. And I got to tell you, you know, when you do research like this, as she's speaking about with the genealogy, things you can find is amazing. And I can give you an example real quickly from my own research. In fact, this morning, I was working a little bit on the book I'm writing, and I have an online genealogy site that I'm using. My great-grandmother is the one of my two great-grandparents. I wasn't sure exactly the city she was from, and I have her naturalization records in the genealogy website. I just never looked at it closely, and I looked at it this morning, and sure enough, her town is there, and it was kind of smudged out, and I spent a half an hour this morning back and forth online. I found the town. The importance of that is, is once you find that town, forget about visiting there and getting the information. You could certainly do that, which is a whole nother level. You could just go online and you can read about the town that they're from, which is an amazing thing in itself because then you're starting to shape your story. Like that's what I try to tell people. Like it's one thing to say, oh, my grandparents came from Sicily or they came from the Naples area, but it's another thing to really be able to recreate your story and understand what they did, what the town was famous for. Maybe it was a certain bean or a certain kind of produce. And it starts to tell you about your family. And I'm sure, Cassandra, these are things that you've done yourself and then things you're helping people do. Yes, 100%. It's, as you said, it's the little things that you don't realize that could just change your perspective and be such an eye opener and bring you back to your childhood and those memories that never leave you, you know, that no one could take from you. So I 100% relate to that as well. That's so amazing, actually, that you discovered that. Well, Cassandra, I know you're busy. We want to thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you for sharing your story, which is definitely an inspiring one. And I hope that sharing it, some of our listeners out there will get inspired to make the trip to Italy, do the research, find your ancestral village, maybe even reach out to Cassandra or myself for any advice or inspiration. Cassandra, thank you so much for joining us on the Italian American podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. It's now time for the Italian American Stories segment of the episode. This is the part of the show where we try to bring you back to your family gatherings, conversations, and we try to play a recording or a story from one of our listeners or our own relatives or even read something that a listener submitted. In today's segment, I am thrilled to have Linda Mule with me today. Linda reached out to us through the podcast. She is the queen of the Order of the Sons of Italy Association for Nassau County, and her lodge is the Cellini Lodge. Linda, welcome to the Italian American Podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm so happy to be speaking to you. Yeah, it's great to have you. One of the things that Dolores and I talk about all the time is trying to get the Italian-American youth interested in their heritage, which I know is something that you're very passionate about. And before we dive into that a little bit, tell us a little bit about your childhood growing up Italian-American. Sure thing. I actually love talking about this. So both of my parents are Italian. I'm 100% Italian, Sicilian, actually. On my father's side, his two parents came to America when they were 12. Wow. They were both 12 and they, yeah. And it was just so amazing to me, you know, growing up and understanding that 
my grandparents weren't born here. They came here. And, I, you know, hearing stories about their lives up to age 12 of growing up in Italy. And then I think the most amazing story that they've told me was, you know, just coming to Italy on a boat. When you're so young, and I think I first heard this when I was maybe like five or six, that's when I was able to like grasp the importance of my heritage right. and that it's something that I have to keep alive here. So Linda, is that what made you get involved with the Sons of Italy and stay active? Actually, on my mother's side, my grandmother, she's second generation here in America. She got involved with the Order of the Sons of Italy the Chilini Lodge, which is the lodge I belong to. And, you know, I was always so willing to participate in whatever that the lodge was doing, whether it would be helping out with the Christmas party for the kids. They have, they have an annual feast, which is like one of the biggest feasts in Nassau County. And I would, you know, work at, in the ticket booth at my grandma, and then I would work at the pastry booth, and I would stuff cannolis. <laughs> and this year, actually, I worked in the Zeppeli. I helped make Zeppeli. And what was cool was I was a teenager, young adult when this was when I started to become involved with the lodge. And I would always text my friends or make my like my Facebook status like, oh, come see me at the Salini Lodge feast. I'll be stuffing cannolis. And my friends came. They're like, wow, this is so cool. You're really proud of being Italian. I was like, of course I am. Yeah, no, well, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, I certainly commend you for that. I think it's something that someone has to do, right? Like you said, right. you were there and you were posting and people saw you and it made them want to come. And we need definitely young Italian Americans to get out there. And to do that, you're the queen of the order, which sounds very royal, but it's great. <laughs> and I guess the question is, is how are you trying to engage younger Italian Americans to, to get interested in their heritage? What are you doing? So when I became queen, I started an Instagram account for the Cellini Lodge, Order of the Sons of Italy. And through that, you know, I just started following all of my friends. And then they would see that and be like, oh, that's that's really cool that you were able to go and help out. I volunteered at one of children's events. And they were like, oh, that's really cool that you were able to, like, be in the Columbus Day Parade. And they were like, how can we get involved? And there's a, um Italian-American association on campus where I go to school at Fordham. And I reached out to them and I said, hey, like, what other events are you guys doing this year? And I was able to post about their events that they were doing and incorporate them into the Instagram account so that I could promote outside events. I would go to school in New York City, so going to the opera or going to Little Italy for a feast or just sitting and watching an Italian movie with subtitles is something that if you advertise to young adults, they become interested in it because they see that other young adults are interested in it as well. Right, exactly. And that's one of the reasons that we wanted to have Linda come on the podcast here during the story segment is because the story segment is about, you know, the history of your family, stories, memories. And I think that engaging the younger Italian Americans is a big part of, you know, all of our stories because that's what's going to continue to keep the stories going. Right. I think Linda has done a great job of it. And I know from being contacted by people who listen to the podcast, Dolores and I get emails all the time. And 
a lot of our listeners are probably, I would say, in their mid-30s, 40s, 50s, and so on, which is great. But we want also to get listeners that are in their 20s, you know, and in their maybe younger 30s to get the heritage going. And now we do have a lot of listeners that have told us we share the episodes with our kids. This is great. And that's kind of the essence of this segment today is please share anything about your heritage with your younger family members, whether it's a podcast episode, whether it's something about your family, whether it's a memory, whether it's tradition, whatever the case may be. And just like Linda's saying, it takes one person to get it going, get on social media, post about it, go from there. But if we do that, it's going to be ripple effects in the water and more and more people will get interested in their Italian heritage and we can carry it on more and more. Definitely. Linda, are there any last thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners of the Italian American podcast, regardless of their age? So I think just in general, the most important thing is for all generations to keep that storytelling momentum. You need to really just hone in on that traditional aspect. If you have grandchildren, tell your grandchildren stories about when you were younger and Italian traditions that you have. And for young adults too, like ask questions, ask your grandparents, oh, what was it like if they came to America? What was it like coming to America? Like, what was the first thing that you remembered? Or ask your grandparents, how do you keep your traditions alive? I come from a family where those traditions are very still much so alive, but I'm sure that there's families that it diminishes. It's really important to keep those traditions alive and to keep that storytelling mentality going through generations. Thank you to Linda Mule for coming on the Italian American podcast. And also a big thanks to Cassandra Santoro for sharing her story with us on how she really got inspired in the face of tragedy. Both young Italian Americans passionate about their heritage. And that's what we love to see. We're all about passing the stories down from generation to generation. And along those lines, we want to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Facebook at the Italian American Podcast. We're on Instagram at Italian American. And we're also on Twitter at Ital American. That's I-T-A-L American. Fino alla prossima volta. (laughs) 